I want to open up with the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we want to look at <clears throat> look at this thing called life, <clears throat> eternal life, the one who is eternal life, who has made us one with him or one with that eternal life. He imparted to us his spirit, not the spirit of this world, but the spirit of God. And that's your superpower. That's what sets you apart. That's, that, that's, what, that's how the Bible says that he, tra- he delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his son. It's, it's, the, it's the reality of the eternal spirit of God. This is where you're going to live for all, for, for all eternity. You're always going to live here in the spirit. Whether in this body or in a glorified body, you're going to live in the kingdom of God. Hopefully, <laughs> you're very aware of it or becoming very aware of it. Um, because that's where the experience of heaven and the experience of life is. And so we want to look at this. This means that if we have the spirit, we have, we have spirit abilities. We have spirit senses. We have spirit eyes. It's called faith. The ability to see what you couldn't see before. I, I recognized that so early on after, after I came to the Lord and gave my heart to him. I realized I started seeing things that I didn't see before. I started, uh, I started seeing things differently and I started perceiving things about God that I had never seen before. For one thing, I perceived that I was really, really loved. When I first came to him, I knew that I was loved. And honestly, people threw that word around, but when people were, were trying to convert me, they, they didn't tell me, I, the, the ones that spoke to me didn't pour that, that information to me so much. It was more about that I needed to get right with God, where I was going to go if I didn't, and, and, uh, and, and, and I didn't want that. And... Uh, and I did have a conviction that was growing in me that, you know, I, that, I, that I, 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 I knew that I wanted to be right with God. And I did sense that it would be better for me. Um, but I had no idea how much, I, how loved I would feel after I did. And so I perceived that. I knew that by the Spirit. The Spirit began to open my eyes and I began to see these things about God. And I began to see life. And my experiences changed because of what the Spirit was now enabling me to see and perceive. And as I began to see them and perceive them, then I could partake of them more and more and more. And that's called growth. Here in Second, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to read beginning in verse 12. This will be our text here, our, 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 what we're going to teach from. And Paul, obviously, in this letter, is he's talking about, <laughs> I, love, I love this, this passage here because he makes it so clear about the difference between the spirit of God and the spirit of this world. Verse 12 says, now we have received. Think of that. You have received this thing. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I know that's so true because that's what I began to experience immediately when I received the spirit of God. And uh, 
And in verse 13, he says, and these are the things that we speak of. These are the things we're speaking, not the things that the world has shown us, because the world has shown us a lot of things. But we're not speaking to the things that the world has spoken to us, the things that the world has taught us, the things that we learn from our senses, from the seeing of our eyes and from the hearing of our ears and the touch of our hands and, and all the experiences that we've taken in. In fact, most, most human beings are broken in some way or another because of the experiences. The world has taught them that. And he says, so we are speaking the things, uh, these things we're speaking of, we're speaking of the spirit. We're speaking of wholeness and life and fullness. He says, not in the words that man's wisdom teaches, but that which the Holy Spirit teaches us. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The New Living Translation says, using spiritual words to describe spiritual things. But the natural man, which is the sense knowledge man, the natural man, which is the mind that's, that's, that, that's, that's made to discern the things of this world, the things you can see with these eyes, touch with these hands, hear with these natural ears. He says, the natural man does not receive, or the carnal mind does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. And this is the reason Christians struggle. This is the reason Christians have a battle in their perception of things because <clears throat> there's, a, there's, there's a natural mind that has learned the things of this world. And it has learned to die. It has learned to hurt. It has learned to protect itself the best way it can. It has learned all of these things. And it makes perfect sense to this because this is what, it's, what it has come up with, with all its information. And it says, and it fights against it. It, is, it doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. This thing, even just the grace of God, this thing that's freely given, nothing comes free. That's what the natural mind teaches you. And so it'll struggle with this thing. It's foolishness. It doesn't make sense. That there's no merit system in heaven. That doesn't make sense. The natural mind has a perception of God who has a merit system. He's a God who's an eye for an eye and a, and a, teeth for a tooth for a tooth God. <laughs> that makes sense. The natural mind, that's why all religion is built around such knowledge, because an, any, any natural man can, can, can wrap around that. But when you get out of that and get into this thing, this supernatural thing that we've received, supernatural, which is bigger and goes far beyond anything that this natural fallen mindset has ever known, now you're getting into absolute life. Now you're getting into absolute love. Now you're getting into absolute light. You're getting into the absolute of heaven itself. And he says, and so we teach these things. That's why they're spoken in such superlative. And they seem too good to be true because the natural mind says it just can't be. Nobody can love like that. We, that, that. That's something to aspire to, but none of us can do it. What says that? The spirit or the natural man? Where is the one that says, but it's hard for me? The spirit saying it's hard? The spirit saying I freely gave it. The natural mindset. So this is why we come to church. This is why we read our Bible. This is why we pray and talk to God. This is why we absorb from the Spirit and let the Spirit teach us the things that have been freely given to us. The natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. Because he's in a whole different world. Because they're only spiritually discerned. You can only know the things that are true of God. You can only know by the spirit that you have received. Thank God he gave us the spirit. 
You can only know by the spirit that you've received. But he that is spiritual judges all things or discerns, rightly divides and knows all things. Yet he himself is rightly discerned or judged by no one. What did Jesus say? They don't know you. The world cannot know you because the world didn't know me. So how can it know you when you're like me? Hmm? For who has known, verse 16, the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Now, I want to talk about this this morning. And specifically about seeing with spirit eyes, seeing with God's perception, seeing with the spirit. Since we have this spirit, let's use it. Let's 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 walk with this spirit. Let's walk in this spirit. Let's let's partake of that which the spirit offers here. And let us use the, the, the ability of supernatural spiritual sight and insight to, to navigate in this world. Now, <clears throat> when somebody is blind, it doesn't just, it doesn't just affect the, the, their, their idea to see colors and depth and all that. It affects a lot of things. It affects the way you walk. You ever watch somebody, a blind person who's totally blind and the way they walk? They don't walk like you. They don't walk strong and fast and confident like you do. They're very tentative. They're, they're, they have to watch out. They have to look out, you know, for trouble because they can't see where they're going. It affects their, their navigation, their motivation. It affects the strength of their walk. It affects, it, it, and that's the, the main thing that it, that, it, that it will affect is the way that you can proceed, the way that you can get around. When you can see in the spirit and the Bible, I mean, we, there is so much that the Bible t- says about these things. That his word, his truth is a lamp unto our feet and it's a light to our path. And it lights the way of, of, of those who see it. And he says, and the, those that are in darkness, they don't even know what's making them stumble. They just keep stumbling and stumbling and stumbling. And they just say their natural carnal knowledge says, that's life. That's normal. That's just what happens. That's what we do. But we got, we've been given a spirit. We've got spirit eyes so we don't stumble at the things that we once did. Amen. Now, with spirit eyes, this, this is what, when you, when you use the spirit eyes that you have, it makes you so big. And I'm going to show you that this morning. You'll see how just being able to see with the eyes that God has given us in the spirit makes you so much bigger than anything in this world. Makes you so much bigger than any pain that this world can throw at you. Makes you so much bigger and being bigger, it makes you so much generous to a world that needs generosity. The world doesn't need any more eye for an eye. It needs free gifts. <laughs> and free gifts have been given. The Bible tells us in uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3, prophesying about Jesus, about the rod who would come out of the, of the root of Jesse. And he says, in verse 3, he says, his delight will be in the fear of the Lord, speaking of Jesus. And he will not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor will he decide by the hearing of his ears. We see that all the time in his ministry, don't we? Here's a woman caught in sin. Here's this sinner. Here's that sinner. What do you say, Jesus? He didn't, he didn't go, by what, he didn't, he didn't go by, by what he could see through their eyes. He, he had naturalized too. He could see that. He could see that people were sinners. But he didn't discern and judge things. He didn't operate by what he saw with his natural eyes or what he heard about people. He'd heard all kinds of things about Zacchaeus, the guy that was sitting up in that tree. 
Everybody talked, everybody knew who Zacchaeus was. But he didn't judge Zacchaeus. He looked at him with spirit eyes. Come on. He looked at him with God's eyes. He looked at him with the God's eye view, a God who is love, a God who is bigger than all of Zacchaeus' sin and all of his thievery, and a God who was big enough to look at him, to look at him uh, with that perception, and that bigness that he had was able to raise Zacchaeus out of that tiny little world that he had created. That tiny little world of self-protection and, and, and self-provision that he had created. And raised him up out of that, and he gave Zacchaeus spirit eyes. Zacchaeus sat there with Jesus, and some, somewhere in the course of him and Jesus sitting together, and who knows what they said, or even if they, I don't know what they said. Maybe he just watched Jesus. Maybe he just sat there and just, just mulled over the fact that why would Jesus come to my house, and why is he treating me so human? And why is he treating me so good when everybody in this house knows who I am? But the bigness of Jesus gave Zacchaeus a different perception of things. And, and for some reason, Zacchaeus felt so big because of the presence of Jesus. He felt so big that he didn't have to steal anymore. In fact, he could give everything that he'd stolen more. <laughs> and after he paid back everything that he stole, he's still going to give half of it to the poor just to give, because he don't need this anymore. He got bigger by his perception. He wasn't afraid anymore. And that's why he was stealing, why he was doing that thing, because he, he was afraid. Afraid that he wouldn't have his. It causes you to see things, see people, see situations, circumstances from a heaven's point of view. I think I want me and Judy to preach this sometime, but she, on the way to church, she was telling me about a revelation she was just getting this morning. And, and, uh, and, and it was about how in the spirit, everything's eternal, perpetual, undiminishable. That's why it's always, it, the Bible says it never fails. It's a world that never ends. It's just, it's always just, there is no end to it. The carnal mind, the natural mind says that there's an end to things. There's an end to money. If something don't happen, you're going to go broke. There's an end to your life. There's an end. There's an end. There's an end to how much love you can have. There's an end to your patience. There's an end to your, you know, to your faith. If you're in that natural world. I've done all I can do. I, I don't have any more. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. In the natural world, we have straws that break camel's backs. In the kingdom, ain't no straw breaking his back. <laughs> and if you just walk in that same spirit, no straw can break yours. Because you're so big. Oh, if we could see. There was a man named Smith Wigglesworth. He would say, if you could see, he said, I'm 10,000 times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Come on. Now watch this. So, so we see um, in the book of Acts chapter 10, there's a story about Peter. <clears throat> and remember, Peter and Paul were two of the, the great uh, apostles in the book of Acts that went out and, and in fact, Paul got a revelation. He went mostly to the Gentiles, and Peter did most of his ministry among the Jews. In fact, at the beginning, it was completely the Jews until chapter 15 here, until something happened, or excuse me, chapter 10. And, 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 and um, God gave Peter a dream, a vision. Actually, it was a vision because he went into a trance. It was at noontime, and he went up on the roof to pray at noon, and, 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 and he was getting hungry. They were preparing lunch. <laughs> and the Bible says, and he was getting very hungry. <laughs> 
And, and, and imagine trying to pray and your, and, and, and your stomach's growling and, you know, <clears throat> but he fell into a trance and God showed him this vision. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember this. And he saw this big sheet coming down. It was tied at the corners and this big bundle came down in this sheet and it had all these, these animals and bugs and all creeping things and all this stuff. And, and, and they were all these unclean animals, things that Jews are not allowed to eat. It says so right there in the book of Exodus. <laughs> and he hears the voice of God say, Peter, rise and eat. <laughs> And Peter's probably, you know, he doesn't say this, but he's like, I rebuke you, Satan. You know, God wouldn't tell me to do that. He says, no, I've, I've, I've never eaten anything unclean. And God says, I love this passage. He says, don't call anything unclean that I have made clean. Come on. And, and, and that, was, that was a vision that he was giving him a picture of him because he was about to meet Cornelius. And all these Gentiles were coming to him. And Peter needed to know what to do because Peter would have turned him away if he didn't know. He would have said, no, he says, we're not even allowed to go to your house. They're, they're telling him to come to your house. And then when Peter goes to the house, he says, you know what? He says, you know, it's forbidden for a Jew to come to the home of a Gentile. He says, but I'll tell you what, before they arrived, God showed me something in a vision. <laughs> he said, he showed me that he's made everybody on, that he's made everybody clean. And he says, and there's no division between us at all. And so, and so that, that, that what happened was Peter got a God's eye view. He had his own eye view. Now, he had the spirit, but he was still looking at it through law. Huh? He was still looking at, at the Old Testament picture of God and not the true God that there really was, that Jesus showed to us. Are, 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 y'all, are y'all listening to me? And so he, saw, he was still looking at the eye for an eye God that the natural mind can accept. But God showed him the route. He said, don't call anything common or unclean that I have made clean. Now, when your perception is right, oh, get, watch this. This, I mean, you know, I talk about love so much. Maybe this will help with that. When your perception, when, you, when you're seeing with the spirit eye, and it's not a hard thing because it's just, a, you got it. Just like you got another pair of shoes in your closet, maybe. You've got it. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I'm going to try to wear those shoes. You've got it. <laughs> he says, put on the new man. It's there. You got it. And that word put on is not a hard thing. Look up the definition. It means just sink back into it like an easy chair. It's right there waiting for you with open arms. Just sink into it. Just be there. <laughs> Look with spirit eyes. And realize, realize that, that, that when you're looking at people <laughs> that are about to drop the straw that broke the camel's back on you. <laughs> when you look at them with spirit eyes, you're like, my goodness. They're clean. They're holy. They're gods. They're, I mean, you, they, you become so big. You see everything different. You see people different. And when you proceed with God's eyes, it makes you big enough to wrap, wrap around them. Hmm. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something today. Jesus didn't judge by what he saw. And these were, and these were people that, that, that he came into contact with and they were doing bad things they were doing some were doing wicked things horrible things ugly things all of that was going on and he didn't judge by what he saw outwardly because we know that God looks at the heart there's a story of of um, Balaam and Balak that I like to use that really illustrates this so well and in Numbers chapter uh, 23 Verse 7 is, is where, you know, Balak goes and tells Balaam the prophet to go and curse the people of Israel because he was afraid of them. They were getting too close to Moab. And he says, and so 
Balaam says this. It says, he took up this oracle and he said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. And he said, come curse Jacob for me. Come and denounce Israel. Well, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How, how are you going to say anything bad about someone whom God is not saying something bad about? See, when you see with spirit eyes, this is what you see. When you see with natural eyes, the cursing comes easy. Because there's many reasons to curse. He said, come and curse them for me. Come and denounce them. Now, now these are a people that have done some things. These are a people, they make a golden calf and call it Yahweh, God. They say, this is what brought us out of Egypt. They had this wild sex drinking party. They're complaining against God every three days. So the guy says, curse these guys. And he says, I can't, God hasn't cursed them. How can I curse whom God has cursed? How will I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? For from the top of the rocks I see him from this high place. That means a God's eye view. I went to the heights and I looked. And what I saw when I looked was nothing but a blessed people. From the hills I beheld him. There, there was a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nation. In other words, they weren't normal. We, we have the spirit. We don't reckon ourselves among the nations. We're not normal. We see different. And because we see different, it just makes us a peculiar people. You see, in the world, there are <coughs> moral people. In the world, here's the world's judgment. Let me start with it. There are bad people. There are moral people. There are good people. And there are peculiar people. If you're taking notes, this is a good four-point note right here. Bad people, that's an easy one. We're talking about in the natural here. This is what, what most people would call, I mean, we, bad people, they do bad things. Ugly things, selfish things. Even evil things. Just bad people. You don't want to mess with them. Anytime you get around them, something bad's going to happen. There's bad people. Then there's moral people. These are what, like, like what we call God-fearing people. These are people that, they're not bad people. They live a moral life. They don't steal. They don't, they're good people. They, they, they live by a good moral code here. Then there's good people. These are those, not only are they moral and by good code, but they're good. They're, they're generous people. They're, they're, they're giving. They, they, they're, they're unselfish. They, you can count on them to help. They're good people. Then there's peculiar people. That's us. They have the spirit. Peculiar people. We're not bad people. We're not just moral people. Though we live moral lives. We're not just good people. Though we're very kind and generous and unselfish. But we're peculiar because we can love people that aren't lovable. We can forgive people that are unforgivable. We can love our enemies. We can bless those who curse us. We can do good to those who abuse us. That's peculiar. You see, all those others the mind can accept. But then there's a peculiar people that sees with spirit eyes. And you can't do this unless you see with spirit eyes. Thank God he's given us those eyes. And with that, the only reason we can do this is not because we're under a moral bondage to do it. Or we're going to be cursed because we don't. We're not. And we won't. The reason we can is just because we see differently. We can't help it. We see differently. It happens. I tell, you know, my own life, there, there, was a, there was 
a, a stage of life where I was in in my Christianity where I knew that I had to love and forgive people and I would strive to forgive people. I would pray. I mean, I would, I would beg God to help me forgive them because it was hard. But as you see, if you just walk into spirit and you just start seeing through God's perception, it just happens. It just automatically is happening all the time. There's just forgiveness is just happening and flowing. Mercy just flows like a river because you're seeing with spirit eyes. Are y'all hearing me? He says, he goes on and another time, verse 13. So Balak said, okay, come with me to another place. Not up to that high place. <laughs> come with me to another place where you can see them. You shall see only the outer part of them and you shall not see them all. Curse them for me from me there. In other words, you can see how, what he's saying here. Just look at their outer, their outer parts. Don't look in the spirit. Don't look. Don't get up there on the rocks and, and from the hills and look at them with a God's eye view. Get down here and look at them like I am. <laughs> he said, surely when you look and just see the outward part of them, just see the outward part. Surely you can curse them because outwardly they're not doing so good. <laughs> so he brought him to the place and said, look at him. Then down there in verse 20. Balaam comes back and he says, hey, behold, I've received a command to bless. God has blessed. I can't reverse it. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob. Balaam, look what they're doing. (laughs) I know, but God, I am the man whose eyes are open. My eyes are open. I can see. No matter where you tell me high or low, I I am the man whose eyes are open. He says, I can see. He says, and God has not observed iniquity in Jacob. He has not seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord is God is with him and the shout of a king is among them. Balak says, that is foolishness to me. I cannot receive it. (laughs) Are y'all here? This is what spirit eyes see. Um, mm, okay, Second Corinthians, uh, Corinthians. Do I go ahead and jump there? Yeah, Second Corinthians chapter five. And I got to read this because it's so beautiful. Very familiar passage of scripture. <clears throat> there is. I don't memorize scripture. Never have in all my years, except. For this passage, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21, I have it memorized. It's just too beautiful. (laughs) But beginning in verse 16, I love what he's writing here. He says, therefore, from now on, from now on means starting now, from, from, from henceforth, we regard nobody according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. We don't know him that way any longer. There again, yeah, not only do they know him as a carpenter's son, but look at, at, how, at knowing God. Though they, the way that they knew God before, they knew him through the flesh because that's all they had. An eye for an eye, God. They said, but we don't know him that way anymore. We thought of God as a God of retribution. I, 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 early in my Christianity, I thought of God as a very harsh disciplinarian father. It, it made natural sense to me and it was taught to me. And I felt like I was getting whippings every day from God. And I didn't, I didn't complain because I felt like I deserved it too. 
In fact, when I would mess up, I knew that God sees everything. Now, my natural daddy, I could hide some things from him, but I knew I couldn't, my, 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 my heavenly father. So I knew he saw what I did, and I just knew I just got a whip and cone. I just wish he'd get it over with, because it's coming. <laughs> and something bad would happen, and I would, I would apply it to that, and I would think, sure enough. Because, but, but I saw him after the flesh. I didn't see him in, with spirit eyes. The one who does not regard iniquity, the one who said he will not punish us according to our iniquities, nor reward us according to our unrighteousness. Hmm? I, didn't, I saw him in a way that the flesh could understand, which is what law shows us. He says, though we, we once knew him that after the flesh, we know him that way no longer. So therefore, if anybody's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Look, behold, open your eyes. All things have become new. Now, look at verse 18. Now, all things are of God. Everything I see, I see with spirit eyes. When I look at you, I see new creations. Honestly, when I look at every one of you here today, I am so excited because I see God. I see good. I see goodness, I see life, I see blessing, I see abundance. Yeah, there's trials in this world, but even if when you're going through trials, I can see past that and I can see the good that's happening, the good that God has given. When I see people that I know they need to grow up and they need to change and you just kind of like to be able to just pull them up and help them to get up there if you could. And it's very easy to get back over into the... Looking with natural eyes and like, oh, God, they're such a mess. But you can look with spirit eyes and you can see a new creation. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm going to show you something. Hang on. <laughs> he says, now everything's of God. Well, I'll tell you what, the way this economy's going. Right? No, I don't. With spirit eyes, everything you see is of God. That's where you see abundance. Well, the doctor said this. Now everything's of God. Now I see life. Now I see healing. You see it. When you open your spirit eyes. <laughs> the flesh says it's a struggle. But he gave us that spirit. I think the, 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 the problem might be a lot of times that people are not aware of what they've been freely given. And I think in Christianity's past, there's been a projection of God as being a, a God separate and high you know, and so there's been this gulf that we, try to, we keep trying to breach with our prayer life and, and with our actions and trying to establish a righteousness so we can stay in contact with him. And he's been kind of taught as a God who's, whose presence comes and goes. And if you sin, his presence goes because he can't look upon you. He doesn't regard iniquity. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I don't care how many times you kick the dog and holler at your kids. He will not leave you. He'll always be there for you. To help you and to open your eyes and see. You know, I talk about it a lot. I talk about the woman who almost died of thirst when there was a well of water there the whole time. All she had to do was see with what God could see. She just had to get a God's eye view. It's like God takes his, his glasses and says, here, look at the world through this. <laughs> he gave us the heavenly vision. Where there was no heavenly vision, people died. Where there is heavenly vision, people live. Where there is heavenly vision, people thrive. We thrive. Where there is no heavenly vision, we get small. We get crushed. We get perplexed. We get confused. Where there is heavenly vision, we're big. We're strong. We're at peace. We're at joy. We're in faith. 
now everything's of God, who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Well, Brother Rick, but what do you think about people that are doing this and people that are doing that? No, I think that God has not imputed their, is not imputing their sins to them anymore. I think that he has reconciled the world unto himself. I think that everything is of God. When I look at these people, I can wrap my arms around them and say they are mine and we are his come on that's when you can love the world like God does you can't do it unless you have his eyes but if you've got his eyes you can't help it <laughs> so now we're ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God because he made him to be sin for us that's our message He made him to be sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of God in him. Now, I want to finish up with the book of 1 Corinthians. No, excuse me. I want to finish it up with the book of Genesis, chapter 13. Spirit eyes. He keeps you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. We have received from God something. And with this salvation, with this mystery, this Christ in us, we did not, he did not give us more of the spirit of this world to try to figure this thing out. He gave us the spirit which is from God. That thing that came to the earth in Acts chapter 2 when the certain sound came from heaven. And the Spirit of God was poured out upon the earth, poured out with power from on high. Power to see, power to walk, power to live, power to love. Power that, that overcomes this world and its tribulation. Genesis chapter 13, you know this story. In fact, Stacy sings about it. And this is where Abraham and Lot, they start getting too rich and they're to, to share the land. So Abraham told Lot, you pick what land you want and go for it and you can have it. And so Lot chose what he thought was the best. Didn't turn out to be so good. He chose over there, he chose Sodom and Gomorrah and the plains over there and he ended up having to get run out of there because it was destroyed. But it looked, it looked good to him. And God told Abram, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that lot was separated from him, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, and west, for all that you see, to you I will give it and to your seed forever. Now, this is when we sang God and the Lord said, Abraham, how far can you see? Look what goes on here. We do see that, that he tells Abraham, lift up your eyes. So, boom, he said, let me show you something here. Now, look. <laughs> Lot thought he got the best. He said, let me show you something. Lift up your eyes because everything you see, it's yours. Now, I've, I've preached this a couple of times, so this is a test on how well you listen or remember. What does Lot mean, the name Lot mean? Huh? Veil. It means veil or covering. Pronounced Lot. The word separated here in King James means 
parted or separate, to separate or to part, when the veil was parted. <laughs> when the veil was separated. What happened when Jesus was offered on the cross? The veil was separated. When, 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 when the veil was gone, he said, now Abram, look, because everything you see, I give it to you. It's yours. In our travels, I come across people, saint and sinner. I come across people that are not Christians. They are pre-Christians. <laughs> Whereas before, I couldn't stand it. I can't, I can't help it. I'm seeing something. You know what? My arms are big enough to wrap around all of them. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they're doing. My arms can wrap around them. You're mine. You're mine and we're his. Are y'all here? I'm an ambassador. My message is now be reconciled. Be reconciled because he made him to be sin for us all. So be reconciled to God. But I can love him. I can be there with them. They're all mine. They don't irritate me. They don't make me mad. They don't cramp my style. They don't hinder my life. Because we're bigger. We see with spirit eyes. In fact, the Bible tells us in chapter Second um, uh, Corinthians chapter 3, it says that all things are ours. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, Ephesians 1, 3. You see that with spirit eyes. And when you, <laughs> when you know you have everything, you'll never, ever be afraid again. Never. And it's all because, not because you got strong, not because you muscled your faith into a place where you can handle it. It came because God gave you eyes to see. Would y'all stand up?